Hey, Selena. Hey, Nikki. We're mixing it up this week. Off the cuff. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. We have a special episode. This is totally unprepared and off the cuff because we had a really fun experience last night. And we want to talk about it right now. Yeah. So in season two of our podcast, between episodes five and six, we did a review of the Designing Women play from Fayetteville, Arkansas, from Theater Squared. We had one episode where we did um, like our hot takes, sort of a sneak peek of what we were thinking about the play, and then we really dug in deep in the second episode. We were thinking that would be the only opportunity we'd ever have to see this play, and we had to watch it virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, But Selena, I think you found out that the play was coming to Atlanta. Yeah, we've got you on Google Alerts, Designing Women. (laughs) We're on it now. That play, I think, was the thing that kind of put us over the edge. We were like, nope, we need to know more. So we found out that at the Horizon Theater in Little Five Points in Atlanta, they were doing the play. And we thought, oh my gosh, Atlanta, the play about these people who live in Atlanta. Like, this is our time. It's our hometown. It's our time. We have to do this. Yeah. So we had a great opportunity to go. We We reached out to the theater and asked, could we come? And they invited us to the media night. Mm-hmm. So we got to go see the play live. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much, Horizon Theater. Um, it was a cute venue. I, I had never been. Had you ever been? I, I had not. Like, I, I mean, I know I know who they are, but I hadn't had the opportunity. So that was a really exciting um, part of it. So it was really fun to get to see it live. It was um, a totally different cast. I think I've sort of pieced together from the last time we saw it. Um, so we had all new people playing all the characters. The play was mostly the same with a couple differences, mm-hmm. um, but just all in all a really fun night. And I didn't want the moment to pass without us at least giving, we gave it the hour and 14 minute treatment in 2021. So I don't want to do that again, but I thought maybe if we could just share like our top reactions or um, any observations we made, because it was very different watching it in person than it was watching it virtually. So I thought maybe we could do that today. Yeah. Well, my first observation is good job, Nikki, because I'm still tired. <laughs> and um, I think I was like, we need to do we need to do something. But that's as far as I had gotten. So <laughs> thanks for coming a little bit more prepared today, because I was like, I just need some coffee. Um, so much coffee. Yeah. It was, And it wasn't like, I mean, we weren't out till 4 a.m. <laughs> no. or anything. But it's on the tail end. Friday nights are always a little tough. Right. So it was on a Friday night. That's right. Yeah. So it was the very end of the week. The show didn't start till 8. And I'm just going to level with everyone that, like, I'm usually in bed by 8.30, well, 9 o'clock. We're, I think both of us usually get up around in the 5 a.m. hour. So, yeah. you know. As I would tell anyone else, grandma's got to get to bed. I just needed to go to bed. So yeah. we did a little, what did you give me before we left for the play? Celsius. Oh, Celsius, Some yeah. sort of energy drink. And then we had a coffee at dinner. Mm-hmm. And speaking of dinner, it was like a true date night. It was a date that? night. Girl date night. <laughs> we had dinner at Wisteria, uh-huh. which was Selena's suggestion because we wanted to have dinner. But I just, I get analysis paralysis with restaurants. Well, I did too. Casey's you manage it better that, than I do. <laughs> Casey shook me out of it. He was like, uh, "What? Come on, Selena. You guys are a Southern podcast." I was like, "Oh, thanks for thanks for keeping us on brand." He was <laughs> Thank like, you very much, Casey. Yeah, he was like, "This is a Southern restaurant. It just makes sense." So I, I like, yeah, I put up like a, a flare and told Selena, "Please, I'll make the reservation. I'll figure out the logistics. I don't care. Just don't make me choose. If you can choose, I'll do everything else." So we ended up at Wisteria. Which was lovely. Tell the people what we had, Selena. What did we get to eat? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Okay, so I'll start. First, we had the pear and arugula salad. We did. Oh, it was so good. 
that had some sort of crunchy deliciousness on it. Some kind of granola or something. It tasted like granola to me. Yeah, but maybe it like so good. It kind of reminded me of like a praline. Oh, some me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had that, and then we had um, fritters. There were corn fritters because there was definitely and corn green in them. chili. Green, green chili. Good job. Yep. And then uh, it came with a bee pollen honey butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that okay. stuff I could have slathered on anything. Um, it was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. They uh, were like um, hush puppies almost. That's what he, that's what he how he described them, and I was the tasting server. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, the server. Yeah, uh, so that was that was really nice. We were also outside, and the weather's good right now, y'all, because it's fall. Um, it was and fall wonderful. in the south means eighty. <laughs> In case y'all don't know. It was delightful. Um, it was really good. Uh, uh, really, like, comfortable weather, which, like, it, that doesn't always happen on a patio. Let's see. What else did we get? We got smoked salmon deviled eggs that had creme fraiche drizzled on top. And are you checking me over there? I'm trying to. <laughs> just I'm good. Here. I hope so. Please. I'm, I'm, ch- I'm here if you need me. So just so y'all Back know, up. I'm doing this for memory. She is. Let's see how that server brain works. There was more involved in it than that. But those were the two uh, big flavors that stood out to me and what got my attention. The pickled okra. Um, pickled okra on the side. That yep. was great. Mm-hmm. And then we got a vegetable plate, which really shows that we are at a Southern restaurant because Southern restaurants love a vegetable plate. Now this is where you're going to, have to keep me honest because I was trying to tell Casey last night and I was like, I can't remember everything, but I know everything was delicious. I think there was like a corn pudding. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a succotash. There was a corn succotash. And then I feel like I'm going to need you to fill in the rest. Asparagus? Yes. Asparagus. Mm-hmm. Uh, grits? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the grits. I do. They would have been, they were, uh, they were, I had them. They were there. Okay. They were there. Uh, apple relish, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sautéed greens. They're the greens, yeah, yeah, Sweet potatoes. The sweet potatoes were very good. That they were super good. creamy. Yeah. Uh, and black-eyed peas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's delicious. Nikki got her first shot at Mezcal last night. I, I did. neglected to tell her that it was smoky, um, which I feel bad about. No, I really enjoyed it. The first yeah, couple glad. of sips were like, I just wasn't expecting to be drinking like a campfire. Yeah. And then after a few sips, I was like, no. I mean, of course, it could have just been... Like everything sort of settling in, smoothing me out, but it tasted a lot better after that. It was very good. Yeah. And then I had like a, they they did have some spirit-free cocktails, which I always appreciate. And I got a um, cucumber gimlet, which I really mm. enjoy, but for whatever reason in my head, guys, you know, I used to bartend. Gimlets are always straight up in my mind. Oh. Martinis are always straight up in my mind. That's actually not correct. That's just sort of how, it's not there's no rule there's no hard and fast rule that i'm aware of but in my mind it's all it's always how it's served oh. so i was like oh they're doing this one on the rocks okay um but it was good um i really enjoyed that and then ugh, we had bread pudding for dessert and um i was very excited because it was raisinless yeah so it was correct i learned last night selena's not a big raisin fan uh, that was news to me yeah i'll still eat them yeah it was uh, a <laughs> it's fine yeah that's right no, it was delicious. Was it banana pudding that you saw on the menu? I think so. Yeah, okay. I was expecting a banana pudding on the menu, and it wasn't there. So we went through all the desserts, like, line by line. The way we decided what we were going to eat last night is, like, what could we not live without, and what could we live without? And so we went line by line. I think we're going to have to go back. Um, we have to. Whether it's yeah. separately or together. Yeah. We're <laughs> Whatever. To or both. Um, but, yeah, I don't get enough of the menu because um, there's just two of us, and, and Nikki really did get – like, I, you're, you're right. I 
was like, we'll just get four more things. It's fine. I am so anxious about food waste and I didn't, I'm not weird about like temperature of food usually, but I didn't want to leave it sitting in the car for like four hours because we knew it was a long play. I don't know, man. I was thinking about just eating it right there. It's the true. It's that would true. have been like a little up. rude, but like. Was that against the rules? Uh, I don't know. I don't, obviously, I don't follow the rules, but we can get to that. <laughs> so anyway, dinner was delicious, and that sort of set us up to get to the theater right on time. It was sort of general admission, sit wherever you want, um, but we were super impressed, I think, about how like every seat was good. They had the center yeah. section saved for season ticket holders, uh, which fortunately we found out before I led us straight to some amazing season ticket holder seats. I was like, why are these seats still open? Let's sit. Oh, never mind. Nope, nope, nope. We're going to sit over here. So we sat on the right-hand side of the stage, if you're on the stage looking out, and it was great. I mm-hmm. felt like I could see everything. I didn't yeah. have any issues. Yeah. Actually, it's, are we in it? Are we in our reaction? Not really, but go for it. Well, because mine is just like so steeped in the the theater. The theater. The theater itself. Um, I just love the intimacy. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pitch perfect, especially for Sugar Bakers, which is a very intimate setting as well. Right. Um, So it was like really cozy to me. And it sort of cemented what I've said many times, and that's that designing women often feels like a one-act play and... Mm, well, mm-hmm. what, what was it? I don't know. It was one act. It wasn't. Um, but uh, two acts, right? I think we had so. the intermission. I think that's. Right. I don't know what the parts are called. Are they scenes in between where they turn the lights off, they clear the stage? I think that's right. Or resets or something. I think that's right. Let's see if I can harness my drama knowledge from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the theater was really great. Uh, I just enjoyed the overall experience of having the opportunity to see it in person. Um, it's not, so, um, I talked about in our main episode that like theater is not, it's not my favorite format. I, I always feel like I need to say that apologetically, but I think you're allowed to just not love some things that other people really love. It's not that I think it's dumb. It's not that I think it's a waste of time. It's just not my preferred format. I maybe have changed my mind like a little bit because I actually really enjoyed seeing it in person. Yeah. It felt like you said, it felt intimate. I felt like I was part of it. It's an experience. It's an experience. It's like very immersive. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. So I was, I'm like super grateful to Horizon for giving us the opportunity to come see it because it was, it was a total experience. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, um, stress enough the proximity to the stage that we had Yeah, really almost made me feel like we were, uh, in an immersive experience. And then yeah. when they would do the Charlene parts, she's over on the side to indicate that separation from, you know, she's not actually at Sugar Bakers. And like she would, like we could have shook hands. Yeah, she was right That was cool. I love that. I am not confident I didn't make eye contact with Catherine Lanasa, who played Julia, a couple of times. I feel pretty confident when she was sitting in that chair right in front of us. Yeah. Right oh, you there. were connecting. We were connecting. Oh, okay. She well, was good. acting to me. Good. Did she want to do an interview? <laughs> <laughs> we could have found out. They had a like champagne um, reception afterwards, but it was like close to midnight. We had both gotten up at five that morning. Yeah. Grandmas were tired. It was like a 45 minute drive home. So yeah. we missed it. Yeah. But if she hears this, we'd love to talk to anyone, any one of the actors. Yeah. They're welcome. Uh, I have a couple of observations about the storyline that I'm not sure I noticed last time, and I'm just curious if you noticed the same things. Lay it on me. Charlene had a diatribe at the end about, um, I hate using the word diatribe. Let me change that. She made some remarks at the end about how the women always um, 
use the word hillbilly disparaging. They make all these deliverance comments. And it just sort of came out of left field a little bit. And I don't remember feeling that way when we watched the play the first time. But this time I was like, Charlene was literally only there for like 10 minutes at the very beginning, enough to introduce Haley. And then she was gone. There weren't a lot of hillbilly jokes. There were a lot made in the TV show. But in this, there weren't. And so I wasn't sure if that felt like a plot hole to you, or maybe it's like super on brand because it's so on brand with the show. But her whole thing at the end just felt so like pulled out of left field to me. Super quick. Quick. Super quick. Yeah. I think we talk about that with the show some. Um, Just like, like, because unfairly to anyone having to write for a sitcom you have 22 minutes and so Mm. you have to cover so much ground in 22 minutes and so sometimes i think across the board sitcoms have pacing issues Mm -hmm. um and uh and i think that it like yeah we didn't really get to live in that moment because it it did feel like um towards the end we i would have liked to have spent more time in that bond that we felt right at the very tail end yeah um that would have been nice because i did i got misty eyed because oh sure yeah lbt man she really knows how to write the bond of women i think i said that back around the play Mm -hmm. and um last night it just sort of reminded me of just how like amazing she is at that Mm -hmm. and so i think I would have just liked more of that. Yeah. Instead of so long with them being kind of upset with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, did they ever say early on in the play that Sugar Bakers was in financial trouble again? Because the whole ending of the play yeah. is about they have this massive falling out because they've been quarantined together. Go back and listen to our big long episode because we give you all the high points in the plot. But they're quarantined together. They have a lot of falling out because they have different political beliefs, different moral values, perceptions, whatever. And so they say they're going to split up, but it's because they can't stay afloat because Suzanne is pulling her share Equity out. out yeah. And it just felt like... There was there was a conversation missing there. They never mentioned they were in financial trouble. They never were That's on the ropes fair. like that. I th- I wonder if L and I don't know, but I'm just going to take a stab in the dark to see if maybe we can get somewhere. If you stab something, see if I, <laughs> see if I really stabbed the hell out of something. Um, but no, like what if um, in LBT's mind because this was so centered around the pandemic. Um, and we know that so many businesses have faced such hardships in the past couple of years. And given they're a design firm, and we're talking about the things that go first, mm-hmm. design, right. <laughs> that's got to be one of them. I wonder if she just felt like it was a given that mm-hmm. obviously they'd be having financial troubles um, at this time. But I don't know. Uh, I think it's a fair comment. And I think the other thing I'm going to say, and it wasn't actually on my original list, but you saying that reminded me. I was worried this was going to feel really dated because we saw it in late 2021. It's a play based in 2020. So when we first saw it, it was late 2021. I was already a little like, is this going to feel dated? So then seeing it almost a whole year later, I was like, oh, how is this going to hold up? It put me right back into the frame of mind of 2020. And I had forgotten how... I hadn't, Did you like that trauma? I didn't feel as, I don't feel as viscerally every day how traumatic that was. Yeah. And that was a really, I think actually helpful reminder. It put me right back in the trauma and it gave me perspective for like, man, we have really lived through some stuff. Yeah. We've really done it. Yeah. So it wasn't as dated as I thought it was going to be. It felt, it still felt current and still felt relevant. 
Yeah, I think um, it kind of speaks to her ability to be bold because I think that is a bold choice mm-hmm. um, to do something so recent. I think it can go really well, and I think it can blow up in your face. Okay. Um, I know. I think at least offline, you and I both love the crown, mm-hmm. and we talk about we've talked about how the uh, writer of that show. Um, the creator of that show, he believes that you need like 25 years in between an event mm. and to turn around and tell a story about it because you need almost that separation in order to properly tell about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, we could argue that she's proving that wrong. Yeah. So what are some of your thoughts? What did, what struck you last night? Well, I think we've already talked about a couple of them because being there in person, I thought was also really special. Um, also, I just think if we're going to, being that we're talking about the pandemic and everything, I think it's really important to remember that of the things that were affected, we were sitting in two of the things the most affected by the pandemic restaurants mm, right. and the theater. Mm-hmm. I true. mean, people who from the theater, like just listening to my like pop culture podcasts and things. I mean, I don't know that the concern is as heightened, but there was a real fear that we were going to lose theaters completely in this country. And that's a craft that goes back an amount of years that I'm not aware of off the top of my head, but I know it's a long time. And one could argue it goes back to being just around a fire and storytelling, um, which is as old as humans themselves. So I think that would be a real loss for humans. It's just a really important art form. And Lisa Adler, who is the um, co-founder of the Horizon Theater, she gave some remarks at the beginning of the play. She did. And one of the things she said was she thanked um, a federal grant that kept their theater alive through the pandemic and helped sort of keep them afloat. And it was just sort of like a, it's just so weird how this play is covering content two years old. But like you said, we're sitting in this um, industry that is kind of still feeling some of the yeah the ripple effect. Yeah. And I think it's just a, like if if um, us being able to talk about it, us being able to encourage people to go back into restaurants and go back to plays and go back to living your life. Mm. Um, I mean, do so like we will, you know, I never would want to push anybody or make anybody move thing like move faster than they're ready to. Because I know that these last two years, I think traumatic is a great way to frame it. But um, I think it was just a good reminder of how important that is. There's a reason that plays happen in person. It's because the actors need people to play off of. Mm-hmm. That gives them that excitement and that energy. And you feel that in the room. And uh, that's just a really cool thing. Um, another thing that I saw was that I really enjoyed about this was the chemistry and the closeness between the cast. I saw that. I felt that the entire time I noticed it in the little like arm grabs and the hugs and the embracing. It all felt very real to me. It felt genuine. Uh, they seemed excited every time another character entered. Uh, they seemed like they had a a real life friendship and bond that strengthened, I think the whatever of the play especially cleo and charlene the the two actors that played them yeah they see like i felt like i was watching two friends hanging out together may have been yeah entirely if if we hadn't been so tired we may have found out yeah i i have looked into the cast a little bit this morning um now that we know who actually was playing because i never know if it's going to be the understudy or the um the principal actor so i wanted to see who was actually playing and now that i know i did like a little bit of a deep dive and the almost the entire cast was like atlanta native atlanta um living maybe native is not the right word but like atlanta living atlanta active so they really may know each other from other plays other 
external experiences, but it really did. You're right. It felt like watching friends. I think that's right. I think that they're probably, I'm just taking some, I'm not in this world, but I just imagine that there's probably a very tight knit artist community when it comes to theater. Like especially post 2020 when they had to band together. Right. I don't think that world is huge. Yeah. Um, So especially when you're talking about like site specific. Mm Mm-hmm. We're talking about the actors and the fact that you did a deep deep dive just in terms of character and actors. I, I think everybody did a, a really nice job, um, mm-hmm. truly. But Cleo and the actor that played Cleo, yeah. hands down, again, my favorite. Her soliloquy at the end against um, Suzanne, mm-hmm. when we watched it virtually, I got tears. I got mm-hmm. tears again last night and I got chills last night listening to her um, call out um racism and call out this desire of the black community to just be able to live all we want is to live like we're not asking for anything special and it was just so amazingly written and then more than that amazingly delivered i had chill i had chill bumps mm-hmm. i thought that was beautiful yeah i just think this was such a um a good addition to the cast mm-hmm. um and 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 i just found um the uh, actor to be incredibly charming mm-hmm. and down to earth and so natural in her execution um but also like i do think play acting is a little bit more boisterous i wonder if that's one of the things that's a little uh d- different for you to Jarring. handle oh. yeah from like uh, the way that like TV or movie acting is mm-hmm. um, because you could see them, they were playing to the crowd a little bit yeah, um, and uh, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they, they want to bring you in. Um, and, and maybe not every play is like that. It's not like I've been to millions of plays. Um, but anyway, so that was, that's, that was my other thing. And then I had, I had one struggle that I fit with it that I figured I would share. Was it the accents? <laughs> why don't you go ahead and take that one because that's a good one <laughs> two struggles the we said this when we um watched the arkansas based version mm-hmm. the accents you know we're, we're a southern podcast that's what we talk about we talk about whether something's true to the south or not we've talked about the accents on the main designing women show in yeah. general so it feels like fair territory to say some of the accents were a little hard to follow yeah i think but you know i think in uh, Yes. And you and I basically <laughs> turned to each other a few times and went, oi. Uh-oh. Um, but also at the same time, we hear that on the show sometimes. For sure. Right? For and sure. then if I, go, I'm from the South, but if I go to do a fake Southern accent, yeah. it sounds super fake. It's going to sound fake. Yeah. It sounds like I am stepping out of the 1800s or something. And yeah. that's not really necessarily like accurate portrayal anymore. So it is, even if you are from a given area, I think if you're like trying to capture like a thing, mm-hmm. I think it just becomes like something. I feel like Catherine Lanasas was really, she channeled that smoky, smooth Julia voice. Mm-hmm. I thought hers was really, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Some of the, some other times, like you said, we turned to each other and we're like, oh, oh this isn't good. Yeah. So that was a challenge for well, me. Well, and we had, I don't know if they're, you said a lot of the actors are from Atlanta. I don't know if they're native exactly. or not. Right? Exactly. At, like, I think typically if I'm a, in a room with people who are from Atlanta, I am one of the very few people who's right. actually f- at least close by from Georgia. Right. So there, it's just a very, um, whatchamacallit, city. Transient. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. 
Um, but that wasn't my struggle. Is there anything else specifically you wanted to say on the accent? I just wish um, the actor who had played Wynn Dollarhide um, had been in this version as well. Oh, the, the from guy the from Arkansas. Arkansas. One. Okay. Mm-hmm. His name was, I looked it up a minute ago, R. Ward Duffy. Uh-huh. You miss him. He was enchanting. Okay. Yeah. Nikki had a crush. So <laughs> I missed him. I missed him. Uh, um, that, that's all I good. got. He was good. Yeah, I think, so my only thing was, I still struggle with, I'm going to call her the new Julia. Oh, uh-huh. Just like, just like I did the virtual play. She's a very uh, pinned up lady. Especially when it comes to talking about things like sex. I think that is well documented within the show. I wouldn't even remotely classify her as what a terminal terminology that didn't even exist then that I know of, but does today, which is being like sex positive. Mm-hmm. I don't think we call Julia sex positive from the course of the show. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel entirely true to the character to me. However, on the opposite side of that, um, people do grow and they do change. And if, and I think we do get some indication that time has passed. I mean, if Charlene doesn't have a child where we are in the show and now her child's a Marine. Oh, right. Some time has passed. Right. You know, uh, I think that if they, if LBT made a conscious decision to make her like more uh, owning of her sexuality or whatever, a little bit freer there, if that's what she was purposefully doing, then then I think in a way that's a change for a good because I'd rather hear that than um, her making slut-shaming comments to, towards her sister. For yeah. sure, any day. I'm glad you brought this up because I thought about this this morning because um, you had mentioned that last night just briefly in passing that you were still struggling a little bit with that character. And what I was going to counter with is the undercurrent of the entire play was how the pandemic changed us, how the mm. political environment of 2020 and the previous election changed us. Fundamentally, we are all different. One way or the other, whichever side you're on, you are fundamentally different. And so I think what we saw through, even through the course of the play, was Julia changing. Her liberal use of foul language that was just driving Suzanne crazy. All these things that like are very different from this character we've grown to know in the show. I sort of wondered if that was almost like amplified in the play because that's the, that's, that's the whole thing. The whole thing is we're all so different now. We're changing. Times are changing. That's very profound. <laughs> I Can I have a late breaker? Please. Blow me away. <sighs> this kind of bothered me to no end last night. Uh-oh. The out loud messaging machine. The out loud messaging machine. They kept calling and leaving messages. Oh, uh-huh. Where is that happening in 2020? It's a good question. If it was a device for the play, I think that that's fine. But it's just like in so many ways, I think there was this real effort to show that time has marched on, you know. Um, But then (laughs) throughout the play, we get messages. And I was like, and I didn't even notice in the virtual play. I don't know if I was like, I think that it's another reason I'm glad we watched it again. Because I think I was able to be a little bit more free. I wasn't so worried about catching everything. Mm -hmm. And in that, I was like, wait a second. Who has an answering machine that is going off in the background anymore? And they were all comments about a blog post. So one, blogs, you could argue, like, that seems dated anyway in 2020. But when you were, couldn't you just respond to a blog post? Yeah. Why would you be calling someone on a landline? Uh, So device of the play, maybe. I think they could have had Alexa read out of the emails or something because they did bring Alexa in. That would have been funny, right? Good job. 
LVT. <laughs> call us. Yeah. Call- oh, <laughs> never mind. My last one. Oh, LVT. Oh, oh, oh. Please come to Atlanta and see this. Oh my gosh. So again, the co-founder said in her remarks at the beginning, and before we get to the play, the writer herself is here with us. And there was a an audible gasp in the audience. <gasps> and I think Selena had been thinking she could even I thought she have might. been there. So there was like this expectation. And then she goes, that's right. She's watching us on Zoom. And she pointed to a camera in the back. And yeah. we were all like, oh. <laughs> right. And that's okay. That, that's it's okay. totally fine. It's okay. We just would have loved je- selfishly but to see her. Linda. Come visit. Linda. The show is set in Atlanta. You did that. There was a reason behind it. Now the play that you wrote that is so lovely is also playing in Atlanta in a really cool venue. Um, Like where Atlanteans, AT-aliens, are coming in to see the, the words that you've put on the paper about these characters all these years later. Come join us in this like very meta experience um our podcast you mean well that'd be great too (laughs) but like even if you have nothing to do with us ever which would be a shame because we love you uh like still go 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 do it she should if nothing else she should revel in like enjoying her own play in the environment that she cultivated built on a real place yeah, it's so yeah, cool. It is very cool. I think that was like one of the reasons that like even though you and I have like a lot going on right now that we were like we have to make it happen. We had to drop everything. We had to go. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Do you have anything else you want to add about the play? I don't think so. Just yay, what a good night. So much fun. A huge thank you to Horizon Theater for having us. Yeah, um, I believe the show is ongoing until early November, I think, is what um, Lisa said in her opening remarks. It's not written on the um, program, which I have in my hand right here, uh, but I believe I heard them say early November. So if you are in the Atlanta area and you're a huge Designing Women fan, or if you're not from the Atlanta area, but you could you could road trip to Atlanta, it's probably worth going to see this right in the town where it's based. Um we had an absolutely amazing time and uh, it was very, very fun. So we'd tell everyone to go. Yeah. Go check it out and go check out some, even if it's not, whether it's Wisteria or whatever, there were a lot of, I mean. We passed three restaurants Inman, on the way. It's Inman Park, Little Five area. Like, uh, yeah, there are a ton of really cute restaurants around there. So. We passed three that we were like, we would love to eat here. Yeah. We could eat here. You want to eat here? No, let's go to Wisteria. We have a reservation. And I'm so glad we went because it was delicious. Yeah. So make it an Atlanta trip. And thank you, Horizon Theater, and go see the play. And we'll see you around the bend. Bye.